Welcome to episode 25 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. I'm Sam and he's Peter. Um, And it's actually episode 26. Hi, I'm Sam from the future, here to tell you about fatigue. Fatigue can affect us in many ways. Uh, And one of them is that I forget what episode it is and I say episode 25 when it should be episode 26. Anyway, now you know. Yeah, that's me. And we're we're, we're actually kind of super exhausted right now. We, we've done nothing, but... Like um, we, I, I came over to Sam's place at like 12.30. We we're like, yep, we'll record a podcast. First though, let's go and have some lunch. Get a bunch of planning stuff for yeah, the year we've out been, of the we've way. We've been planning for some, some and, things and that are in the pipeline. And it's now like 3.30 in the afternoon. We've <laughs> kind of talked each other to death already. So we'll see how high energy we can make this. <laughs> it apologies be, be fine, if it's shit. But you know, like we've been working... The reason that we've been working on some stuff is because... We really wanted to do some some new stuff for the holidays. So yeah. if you want to if you want to stay till the end of the podcast, yeah, stay um, tuned to the end because we've got exciting exciting things happening. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty psyched psyched for it. And yeah, psyched soaked. I'm soaked. I'm psyched. You're and stoked and you're soaked and you're psyched. And just after <laughs> <laughs> a great start. Yeah. Anyway. This week, we are drinking Summersby Pear Cider. Yeah, we've betrayed everything we've ever known and never loved. And we're drinking a cider instead yeah, of a beer. Yeah, a cider with Sam and Peter this week. Yep. So, cheers, Sam. Like that, was, that was poor. I want to do that one do again. Do do that again? All right. Okay. Leave your comment on <laughs> whether our dinks are up to par. Yeah, the, the top ten, we want to see the top ten beer with Sam and Peter clinks. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what they're going to pick? Actually, I, I think I have a good idea of my top ten. My number one is that time, I think it was last episode, um, when we had the... It's a bit hard to keep track now, but I think it was the last one where we had... We were drinking the Weasley's... Firebrew. Firebrew. No, not Firebrew. Weasley's Firecrutch. Harry Potter. Yeah, Weasley's Firecrutch. We were drinking alcoholic ginger beer. Fantastic Mitch. And it was in our, like, these mugs that we couldn't get a good clink from. And And we clinked, like, four times in a row. (laughs) Yeah. That that was actually the last episode that got... Oh, yeah. The episode that got just released... A week ago for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. It'll be longer than that. It'll be, like, two weeks ago by the time this gets released. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like a peak behind, anyway. the, behind the curtain. <laughs> this yeah, is all anyway, our production schedule's been a bit all over the place. Everybody's of, left. Because of bloody fantastic, always great, getting in the way of our fun Assessment. uni. Yeah. 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 Anyway, before we get into homework movies and stuff, Survivor Watch! Yay! Uh, this Survivor will be, Watch! This will be obviously way behind for uh, for Survivor fans. Oh, I, just had a great, I just had a great idea. You need to get like a seg- segment music for Survivor ba, ba, Watch. Ba, 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 ba. No, 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 no not that. that. Do like taken. the do like a or like, like a, a western. No, no, no. Like the it needs to be like the tribal like steal something oh, from the Survivor yeah. music. Yeah, to bring us into Survivor some, Watch. Some uh, free Survivor music. Yeah, some like generic, probably very racist <laughs> stereotype. Uh, like tribal singing or go. Maybe, maybe we should. Maybe we should just uh, just do folly for it. I get some like skin drums and <laughs> do some like throat warbling. <laughs> anyway, comment on <laughs> on what, yeah. what music we should it's, do. It could be in this very episode. It could be probably anything. Not. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, survival, watch. Yeah, survival watch. So I've said it every episode up until <laughs> this one. And I think I'm just going to concede that I'm never going to get caught. Uh, your boy Sam's got you covered. Yeah, Don't Sam's worry about got it. me covered, but I just yeah. So I, I'm just not. I'm not there. Yeah. I, I we, like we, before we recorded the last episode, I got caught. I was like two episodes behind, and then I just haven't yeah. watched one for like a couple of weeks. Well, we thought just yeah. We thought about cutting Survivor Watch because we had so many delays, and you know uh, that when this comes out, obviously the stuff that I'll be talking about is like a couple of weeks old. But everyone seemed to like Survivor Watch, and I think as a Survivor fan, like I remember what happened, and I always just love hearing what other people thought of, of yeah. the shenanigans. So uh, Survivor and Watch, and that show is nothing but shenanigans. We're up to just individuals now; have been for a while. Finally, we saw a shakeup. I'm really upset that um, that uh, JL Jenna Louise, the one who was like actually saying smart shit and like trying to break up alliances and stuff, 
she got voted out before any of this actually happened, but she like kind of started people thinking. Um, and the episode before the most recent one, um, up till right now, uh, Brooke was voted out and she was voted out basically by Flick. Uh, who, for anybody who's like a big, you know, who, who's in the know. That's like her best mate. Yeah, Brooke and Fr- Flick, they've been like the dynamic bitchy duo from the beginning. And, um, yeah, Flick decided they, they backstabbed her. Because now people are actually starting to think. It's just a little bit fucking late, but they're starting to think about... Uh, like actual endgame. Starting to think about juries and stuff like that. And who who would be... Who would they, they beat on the jury? And I think that's why Christy's stuck around because good old dumb vacant stare Christy. Everyone wants to be standing next to her in the jury because no one's going to vote for her because she's done nothing. Yeah. Um, and Flick, for Flick, I think that's the only person that she can be against. And all of a sudden, um, Elle and Lee, the couple, they are, actually are a couple now. Really? As far as I know, yeah. They've been teasing more about that. So like uh, my girlfriend and I were always talking about Lee and Elle. Lee's the cricketer, man. He's a single dad. Elle's the single mum. Oh. And uh, they're both kind of likable. But, yeah, so, yeah, they're both kind of likable, right? Especially Lee, but also Elle. And so you don't want them next to you in the jury because they'll just they're going to get together. voted for. They're the likable ones. Yeah. So they're starting to think about that. And Flick was more thinking about, okay, they're both at the top here, these two, like, these two girls, but which one of them is slightly better? And she was thinking Brooke is slightly more connected. Right. So she voted Brooke out. Mm. It upset Matt as well, which I'm always a fan with because Matt's just a just a sad fucking little, mentalist little <laughs> human being. Now the thing I really don't like about Matt, guys, is that he has displayed a serious uh serious like confidence issue and a serious insecurity throughout this whole thing. Like he was just he was very clearly on the bottom of this alliance. There was this alliance of five and everyone, and he thought it was a six, right? And everyone, Brooke and Flick and Lee or whatever, they'd all been like talking to the little confession cam about how, yeah, Matt, Matt, he thinks he's in the alliance, but he's really not. He's the first one going. So this was all fucking happening. And Jenna Louise, she was trying to find someone to like think about the fact that where are you in the team of six? It's all well and good to get up to to be in the team of six until there's only six people left on the drive. Yeah. So he was, she was trying to think about that. She knew where Matt sat. And for like two straight tribal councils, because she had the immunity necklace for one of them, she was she would say stuff like, look, I'm just saying Matt is on the bottom. And every time Matt took it in the most little bitchy way possible, <laughs> he like got so he got like really angry at her. He like yelled at her. Also sort of something about like how like I'm not I'm not a risk. You know, I'm like, not at the bottom. I'm, I'm going to be here forever. Yeah, he just got really mad about it and denied it and stuff like that. So by the second time when JL just got voted out, she just like pieced out the most, you know, ball away possible. She's like, I'm Hi, not, Matt. I'll she's like, I would week. point out Matt, but you know what? He's going home. And when he goes home, he's going to look at me and be like, oh shit, he was, she was right. <laughs> and I was an idiot. But you know, <laughs> she was just saying that when he was sitting next to her at the tribal council. She's like, Matt's- so she knew she was going home. Yeah. She's like, Matt's lost. He's a lost cause. He doesn't know yet that he's going home and then he's going to feel really upset about it. And then he's going to watch this show back and look at all the confession, look at all the people talking about how he's never going to be in the Alliance. <laughs> oh, brutal. Yeah. Well, uh, good, Cause, fucking, cause now, fucking like, good on that. Really. Are they at the point where the people they vote out will choose the winner? Now? Oh yeah. The jury has been uh, building up for a long time now. Yeah. So, so she'll be on the jury. Yeah. Cause they like, they all live in like the jury village. Jury, jury Villa, yeah. Jury Villa is what you want to watch, guys. Like, every after every episode, there's a nine-minute Jury Villa episode that's uploaded on Channel 10 where they uh, follow the, the person who was just voted out. As soon as they leave, that little path they walk down, they're taken to a medical tent. They get to see each other, themselves in the mirror for the first time, yeah. eat some food that they like, say hi to everyone else. It's actually really fun just to Probably watch Probably call happen. their family and be like, I didn't die, guys. I didn't die. I had this massive boil, though. I don't know, is Boyle like, Lady still in? No, no, Boyle Lady's long, uh, long gone. Peter, uh, come on. Uh, look, I'm not up with it, man. I know, I know. Uh, yeah, so it's it's and so the in the most recent episode, no one went home. Why? There was this, just this strange sort of thing where they had this reward challenge. 
Um, and the rule and was Matt, everybody gets a reward? Matt won. So he gets to go to this spa day where he gets to sleep in a good bed and all that chisel. Um, and he gets to take someone with him, which is, again, is pretty standard. Just like, it's a little like, yeah. oh, you got to like, you got to take someone and you got to offend some people. And they said, we're going to decide that at tribal though. So everyone was like, right, what's, what's going to happen? People scramble to like decide who they were going to vote off and all that sort of shit. And then they get, to, but they are thinking, is Matt immune? Like what is, what the fuck's going on? How does this make any sense? And they got to tribal and they played another reward challenge at tribal. It was like a social kind of thing where they everyone took a questionnaire at some point. I think maybe at uh, the start of the game, like everyone who was in, took a questionnaire about like who was the most who's the most popular survivor, who's the least popular, who's most likely to win, who's least likely to win. Who would you like? Who would you most want at the end with you? Who would you least want at the end with you? And did they just read out everybody's responses? Who's playing the game? And then these guys. For reward, they wrote down what they thought was the most popular answer. And if you're right, you got to smash one of the other player's tiles. It's like they have five lives. So it's this thing where like you both, you, like Christy found out she was the least popular survivor, you know, which is a blow. And then there's another blow if they like, break your tile, right? Because then they're breaking your tile. And after this whole boat out with Brooke, Sam liked Brooke. Uh, because of whatever reason Sam says, but the real reason is Brooke's hot and Sam, Sam. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so, and he was upset because of loyalty and shit. And Lee was part of the team that voted Brooke out because uh, it made sense for him. Brooke was, Brooke was the one really talking about how they need to vote off Lee or L because they don't want them at the end. Uh, so, so now Lee and Sam were brothers and now they hate each other really yeah oh no they broke up the romance they hate each other like lee lee got up he won his first two he like guessed the right name yeah and he smashed sam's tile and like looked at him when he did it and then he got up and he smashed sam's tile again (laughs) what's really weird is that matt was allowed to play so there were matt tiles and i was thinking god save some face and just smash matt tiles i i have no idea what happens if matt wins the challenge <laughs> like does he just go by himself i don't know um so in the end flick won and they chose christy to come with them and so all three of them get to go off and have a spa day and sleep in a nice big bed and talk yeah. about how they want to get rid of Lionel. and lee <laughs> l and sam who sam hates lee and lee hates sam uh, I didn't even get to go home. They got sent to the Exile Island where they have no shelter, no food. <laughs> so it's just to and they just have make food. this massive rift between all yeah. three of them. The thing that Liv pointed out is that um, someone mentioned at some stage Exile Island and there is meant to be a hidden immunity out or somewhere on there. Mm. So that could be really important. Uh, yeah, that's what's happened and that's where the episode ended. So, that is, that's pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. I think Lionel's still going to go. Yeah. Because they're just such an... They're, are they just like an obvious, really solid alliance? Well, so, yeah. And so the reason I... And, and they're bad for you if you get to the end and they're, they're next to you. And yeah. the jury has to decide. And the other thing is that, um, like, maybe this whole thing would have worked and, like, Lionel, they would have taken someone and be able to convince them to go vote with them. That person would have been Chrissy. Chris, Chrissy's a fucking idiot, and she's also just keeps flopping and yeah. flipping and whatever. Every, she just she's just all over the place. But instead of but Sam, she's going with she's going with Matt and Flix. So that's fine. And then Sam's going, but Sam is not going to be convinced to vote with Lee and Elle because Lee just just like publicly hated him. Wow. So nothing's going to happen except maybe they'll find the idol, and these other guys will get to have a spa there. So they're just kind of trying to. Like, make the show go for longer. Yeah, they're trying to make the show go for longer and then trying to, like, build build some artificial tension and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Don't think it's going to happen. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. So, that's Survivor Watch. It's getting to the point now, guys, where you should um, let me know, because I've gotten a lot of different things. My heart is really divided about who I want to win. So, let me know who you think you want to win. Who do you want to win? Yeah. Who do you think you want to win? No, no. Who who do you want (laughs) to win? It's a question for you, Sam. Oh, me? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I kind of want Christy to win because it would be a nice 
weigh a nice sort of like bow on this horrible season of Survivor. You know, like <laughs> it would it would really encapsulate the stupidity if Christy vacant stare Christy just just won. I would love that. I would love that. And you know what? It might happen if one of these sneaky people, if Matt or Flick, get uh, Christy on this, get side. Christy at the end, right? Like if it's Flick and Christy, or Matt and Christy. You know what? Christy didn't do anything, but a lot of people hate Matt and Flick, so they might just vote Christy. Christy, because they hate Matt and Flick. I think it's a real. It's it's super a reality. If Lee and L and Sam, everyone likes Sam too. If none of them end up in the final, Christy might win. How is Christy still in it? I've just, I know, I, I completely I know. forgot who she was. And she's some, she, she I says just assumed, so I thought she little. got voted out already. I know. She says so little that sometimes you won't see her for the whole episode as well. How, how did the blonde chick with who got the idol and did the Boston Rob play get voted out, but Christy didn't? Yeah, well, because she was doing stuff. Christy never done, never, never done a thing to anyone. Wow. And she's just, I am, and she keeps flipping, and I don't know why she's around, man. I don't know what to tell you. She's probably around because people can rely on her to flip. Yeah. And she's just no threat to the jury. So uh, Christy winning would be kind of give me a sense of sick satisfaction. Uh, who I don't really want Lee to win. Maybe that's just the inner like guy, like sort of guy who doesn't want to pick the popular thing like happening because I know that a lot of people like Lee and Elle. They're like the good old-fashioned mateship. But I don't think good old-fashioned mateship dudes should win Survivor because the whole point of it is to vote out people out, you know? Uh, I would like to think that good old... Like, I like the idea of good oh. old-fashioned mateship, mateship yeah. winning. So Pretty Australian. My girlfriend wants Lee to win, I'm pretty sure. Or L. So does my mum. So does pretty much everyone I know. I... You know what? I'm going to confess something to you here, guys. Yeah, since we just take it down low. Yeah, let's just take it down low. It doesn't matter. Whisper. Everyone who I just mentioned listens to the podcast. <laughs> we're, we're whispering. I kind of want Flick to win. kind of want Flick to win. Yeah. Okay. She's growing on me and I can't. I want Flick to win. Now, mm. I know that people don't like that, but I want Flick to win. It's a controversial Okay, choice. good. Well, hopefully we'll no one, see how it pans Hopefully out. no one heard that. Hopefully we weren't too low. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah. That's enough Survivor that's Watch. Survivor. I do want to quickly mention again that I've already become more invested in a different Survivor show after watching four episodes of it. Uh, do we need to talk about that? And that's called Survivor Redemption Island. It's an Amer- it's one of the American do ones. We, it's season 22. Do we need to the- I'm not going to mention it very quickly. I'm just going to say, guys, if you're Survivor fans, but you want some smart shit to happen, um, Survivor season 22, you can find it pretty easily. It's really good. And since when I'm speaking to you, we're going to have another two weeks of this. We're getting really close to the end. So if you are feeling that sort of Survivor hole, uh, that yeah, lost quite in your possibly life, by the time we record next, Survivor will be over. Yeah. So season twenty-two of Survivor uh, America. Yeah, that one's a good one to go on to. There's a whole lot of shit that happens, and that's really fun. Okay. So to shift gears completely, now we're going to talk about our homework movie, which for this week is Equilibrium. Equilibrium which uh, I'm going to say right off the bat <laughs> was not a good movie. Gonna, I didn't really enjoy it. I want to just justify a second because I was in charge of deciding. I yeah, decided. You've been wanting to talk about this movie for for a, a long yeah. time now. There's been. Yeah. I think we may have even mentioned it in episodes. Yeah. Mm. I chose this, and I wanted. To, I don't wanted to just try and defend myself for a second here. This is one of those times where sometimes we choose homework movies because they're really good movies, and you can talk about them. That's fine. And sometimes we choose homework movies in this show because they might be better podcasting movies then they might be actually really good they they might be good to talk about yeah and uh, i picked picked like like i think i think maybe the movie we had last week which was searching oh the the uh, an episode that released recently yeah was it last week we're searching for sugar man it would have have been two episodes ago by the time we talk uh by the time you get this one um that was just a really good, solid movie that I think, every, or documentary yeah. that I think lots yeah. of people should watch. And we didn't really have all that much to critique it. Exactly. That's sort of almost why sometimes we make these weird choices. Whereas this one, I kind of just want to bring it to task. And take it to task. Take it to task. Um, yeah. Because, and just say that the <laughs> the whole bloody premise of the movie from the start is, is just bit, completely is flawed. Yeah. Before so, we really get into it, let's just yeah, I'm explain what it's about. So Equilibrium is a movie about 
it's in the same line as sort of uh, your Hunger Games movie or Matrix. It's like a dystopian something future. Like that. Yes, dystopian, dystopian dictatorship, communist esque kind of kind of thing. Kind of uh, Z, uh, a V for Vendetta. Yeah, very much so. Um, um, but it's 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 dealing with very sort of like yeah. um, Animal Farm nineteen eighty four type themes. Yeah. yeah, the movie's about uh, Christian Bale, who is a uh, graviton cleric in this new world where um, some uh, fanatic- there's a there's a third world war, and in the after like the, the opening credits like there was a third world war, and in the aftermath, people were like. We can't. The human race will not survive a third world war, so we've got to do something drastic to to address yeah. it. So this fanatic and guy so he comes up with this whole his whole plan and this whole his idea whole where like manifesto is that the root of all human conflict is emotion, mm-hmm. not anger, not jealousy, not greed. It's just human emotion in general. Yep. Yeah, and so he comes up with this drug that suppresses all human emotion, and that brings us up to this uh, this current point where. Uh, no, there's no war and no conflict, but obviously, you know, you guys can, you can work this out for yourself. It's like, it's not really living. Yeah. That's the kind of idea. And Christian Bale is a Graviton cleric. And there are these guys that are tasked with going out and killing. They're these elite Jedi-esque Matrix. Yeah, they're very Jedi-esque. They know this thing called Gun Carter. We'll get into this in a second. But I really just want to fucking finish this whole description of the movie. So. Yeah. Um, and, uh, he goes around killing... Sense offenders with his Jedi powers. So sense offenders are people who express emotion. Yeah, and then they go around burning stuff. So that the, the first sort of scene we, uh, the first scene that introduces us to the movie is him and his mate Sean Bean, his graviton cleric as well, uh, going out and killing these guys who are protecting, among other things, the Mona Lisa, and then they burn the Mona Lisa yeah. because apparently, if you want to remove human emotion, you also Burn all the paintings and everything created. There's, there can be no appreciation for art. Yeah, which the, I don't weird, hugely understand bit, because if they don't, if you've suppressed everybody's emotions, then then they don't even feel anything with paintings, Peter. So why do we need to kill, destroy all the paintings? Because it might it might trigger something deep down, and I guess. inspire them to. I don't know. It's one of the many flawed things about this movie, yeah. in that it's supposed to be all about how there's no emotion in this world. But all any like all of the actions that all of the characters take are inherently driven by emotion. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like there's so many occasions where characters show emotion when they just kind of shouldn't. Yeah, that it's just uh, the, the the premise like it is just a bit flawed. Some of them can be explained, but most of them can't. I think. Yeah. I think I really wanted to get the description of the movie out of the way. The fact that we it's, I think it's kind of fun, but it's definitely not like uh you know a great film. No. I think it's kind of fun. Um, the whole other aspect to, to this is, apart from the fact that, you know, after Sean, Sean Bean um, is found out to be a sense offender, Christian Bale stops taking his medication and tries to uh, bring about the revolution, right? Yeah. That's the basis of the movie. The, what, the other thing that you've got woven in here is that this is sort of like philosophical, faux-philosophical type stuff happening and quiet scenes where Christian Bale puts his hands up to the glass for the first time and you know, feels the sunlight on his face and how beautiful the sunrise is and all that kind of shit. And then there's also Gun Carter <laughs> thrown into this movie where... Which is this, like, martial arts form with guns. Yeah. So the whole idea... Look, I thought about this for a while and I was thinking about how if this, if this drug came out, who would want it? And what would it actually solve, right? I don't think giving it to everyone is a good idea because there we do know of uh, what a person is like with no emotion. They have them. About th- 3 or 4% of the population are them. They're sociopaths. Some of them are fine. Some of them are super not. And I don't think if everyone was a sociopath, I don't think that would solve shit. Um, the, the feeling of the human need to preserve yourself. Self, self-preservation and <coughs> the... <coughs> unwillingness to die right and to get ahead and to survive ambition ambition and everything that is not tied to your emotions um and the reason we know this is because um sociopaths still have that i really if you want to think about more about sociopaths and 
and um and well, what and what they're like and stuff and they're not necessarily bad Sociop- people. I don't think sociopaths necessarily don't feel any emotion. They really they feel uh, they, they feel, feel not different much. emotions. Yeah. But no, like no, it's no. it's like lack of empathy. Yeah. And like they can still feel anger and like jealousy oh, and ambition. Not, not so much. Not so much. Self preservation, definitely. But if you, if you want to learn more about what sociopaths and stuff and you still want to watch a movie, I would suggest watching a movie called Nightcrawler. Yeah. Whose main character is a sociopath. Um, it's more about lack of empathy. Yeah. But I think it's the best, it's the best medium we had to, com- like real life thing that we had to compare this to. If we want to talk yeah. about this whole drug thing and removing emotion and everything, that, that would yeah. be it. But like people would just still try and get ahead. They would not at all be happy with this whole idea that one guy's in charge. Um, so that wouldn't work. I or, don't think or, that would work. Or if we like put that aside and accept that they would all be happy with this one guy to be in charge. Yeah. In order for that to even to be the case, they would have to be so unmotivated to do anything about it that society would just crumble because people just wouldn't get, like if they have, people people if there's still, nothing to work towards. People still are logically like they're motivated to eat and to sleep and to have comforts and stuff like that. So so the whole idea of like like sex and food and water and sleep, people would still super into that. So, um, they still want to work jobs and stuff. Yeah. And, and build infrastructure. I think, but I feel like in order to have that want and to not have like any sort of drive to be better, yeah, to do the same thing over and over again and just be happy with that is your lot in life. Yeah. Like, the, so... Yeah, I I just don't think it really like making it turning everyone's emotions like creates this this world. We'll create this utopian society. It's not really a utopia because it's it's definitely not right. And the whole reason that there's a revolution and sense offenders and where the movie goes is is you know because it's not meant to be a utopia. Like mm. it, yeah, will build as this utopia. Yeah, well, it wouldn't solve all violence and shit. No, I don't think, no. but um. That uh, what, and the only it's re- not it's not that there's no violence. There's still like yeah. They still have to have guns and oh yeah, guards and soldiers and everything. Oh yeah. Um. The the, the if this this serum came out, I think people would buy it, and I think the people that would buy it would be the military. Hmm. Um. We've heard you know thing the uh, uh militaries around the world sort of dip into this, dip their little toesies into this kind of shit. Every now and, and every now and then we hear about it, like this whole idea of um, performance um, enhancing drugs for the, the military and stuff, not being not being like the Hulk serum. <laughs> I mean, um, stuff that mellows you out to let you job make you you know do your job easier. And I think that is entirely feasible. That um, having a group of guys fighting another group of guys in a gunfight, I think the guys who um, are on the emotional, non-emotion drug would, would super win. It removes the fear of death. Um, you still have a logical fear of death, but that logic's overridden by the whole idea that this fight is going to happen. Yeah. You're being shot at, you need to do, take action. It wouldn't, you wouldn't be paralyzed with fear. You'd have soldiers that um, have something better than bravery. They have just a complete lack of fear, like lack of fear. Uh, they're not worried about shooting someone. Uh, they don't feel bad about killing. Would you say that's a good thing that we should have in the military, though? The, the, they feel bad about killing. I'm saying that humans have historically made terrible weapons. Right. Made four terrible weapons. Yeah. And um, if you wanted to have, if you wanted to think about humans as weapons yeah, and, yeah, and so, think, having soldiers think, on the ground, I think... You, would you be happy to hear that our military was doing something like that? I wouldn't know. No, no, no. I'm talking about who would... Who would benefit from it? I think they, right, they, right, they okay. would. It's because, because the whole way the military works is the the, the 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 soldier on the ground has no decision. Mm. Ideally, they would have no decision over. They would have no sway over what they did. Um, so you'd want a commander that wasn't on a drug and a bunch of soldiers that were right. Who just did whatever they, they were told, and that really helps with that. Um, but it doesn't give them supernatural powers, Peter, which is what it seems to do in the movie. 
Christian Bale has this. Yeah, yeah. So the the whole gun crazy gun ninja type thing, thing. like yeah. gun Carter ninja thing. The whole philosophy is built on is the idea that every possible bullet trajectory and way that someone can shoot a gun is inherently um, predictable. Yeah. So if you memorize every possible position and and like yeah uh, trajectory, theoretically you could master it enough that you could just never get hit but and that's, kill everybody. But that's the justification. That's what the we, justification what we see for it. Is, is Ripley. Or it, it, what we see is uh, like Selene from Underworld. We just see someone moving at superhuman speed, just fucking killing everyone. I'm not talking about trajectories here. I'm talking about like katana backflips and just like crazy weird bullet shit it's really entertaining but it's like he basically becomes neo yeah and as a regular human yeah i yeah he just doesn't he's not feeling happy or sad i just don't the, the, that one whole, whole thing doesn't really make any sense yeah the movie that this really compares to is v for vendetta yeah I because v so. for vendetta has very similar there's no emotional thing but totalitarian government yeah the whole totalitarian sort of like um in in in, in Beef Vendetta, it's like this sort of big totalitarian fascist type thing. Um, Whereas in this, it's the it's father, it's father. Yeah, well, that's still that that's yeah, still very similar. They all have to point to someone as this leader on this big screen. It's exactly really like uh, Beef Vendetta. The the thing with Beef Vendetta is it's just so much more smartly done, mm. and the, and the guy still does crazy supernatural shit. With his, like, Raphael... I can't remember what they're called. Size. Size, yeah. But somehow it's okay, you know? Yeah. I think a lot more thought needs... If you're going to do that, a lot, a lot more thought needs to be put into the movie. And a lot more thought needs to be put into the quiet scenes. My whole problem with the movie was not so much the action. It was more how much of a fucking idiot Christian's ba- Christian Bale's character was. <laughs> yeah. Because he's billed as this, like... Psycho robot Neo, like he's he's the top grand cleric who's like yeah. years and years of service is an expert at hunting out, hunting down, and exterminating sense offenders and contraband material. Yeah, and like he goes off his medication and starts to feel stuff and starts to um like go towards the rebellion and stuff. Yeah, but he does it in the most obvious bloody way. Like he just but. For someone who has spent his entire life hunting down the people he is now becoming, he is just so incredibly bad at hiding it. Yeah. The fact, the whole idea that it it took his, like, partner to, his, like, partner who replaces Sean Bean to even realize, like, he was the only one who realized that he was turning against. Yeah. um, That he was becoming a sense offender is just completely ridiculous. He starts acting completely erratically <laughs> yeah. for someone who would just act like a robot. Like, it's just completely far-fetched and ridiculous. Yeah. He, no, that, 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 that's you would think he would be a bit smarter about all the stuff that he you does. You know what? Maybe he's not really concerned about hiding it because he seems to just be in, in, just in, completely invincible. So maybe he's not worried about hiding it because... He's like, he, oh, I have, I have plot armor. At, I'm just going to yeah. do whatever I want. At the end of the movie, he... Um, he essentially doesn't pull off his grand plan. He gets tricked into the villain's perfect scenario that the villain has planned, and yet he just effortlessly gets out of it. So maybe yeah. he's not worried about it because he just fucking kills everyone. Because he's like, he knows what he's going up against, and the villain is just incredibly incompetent. He, the villain's whole plan is basically to give the resistance this big, massive weapon, and then trick the weapon into uh, doing something. Into, well, basically he. he it's this whole thing that we've seen in a lot of a lot of different movies, um, but like you know, you, you send he that guy in un- thinking that he's a rebel. He gathers all the other rebels, and, and then that now you know where they are. Yeah, same thing happened in Star Wars: Force Unleashed. If you ever played that game, exactly the same thing. Um, that kind of makes sense. I just think uh, he really should have thought about the fact that apparently Christian Bale can just murder an, an infinite amount of people. And he's really just fucked. The bad guy's plan was just bad in general. It's it's fair enough to go, okay, we're going to get someone to go in and infiltrate the rebels by becoming a yeah. sense offender. 
and then we're going to get him to show where they all are. But then when they like, they reveal their plan to him that he was just going to show them where they are. They arrest the people, but then they, the yeah. rebels follow through on their plan of blowing up the city and he fucking kills everybody anyway. Yeah. Like it's just poor planning. The- Surely you, if you were going to get someone to become a sense offender and join the rebels, you would clue them. Just get someone that. else or just get someone else. Yeah. Like get get someone who you know is going to remain loyal. Yeah, like the whole no no they, no no. They, they the, well, Isol's plan was Isol's justification was they needed to really become a they needed to go off the drugs. Yeah, to like be able in, to order, be in order to be able to uh, like think like a Pass show the, some empathy and the think like a yeah they needed to be off the drugs. But and why as not soon get as someone they go who off is the drugs? They're gonna flip because they realize that they've been lied to all the time, and the things that they can feel and stuff are the valuable part about being human. No matter who he picked, they were gonna flip. Yeah, I'm just saying, don't pick the human weapon. Don't pick Christian Bale. Yeah. Um. Well, the reason that I'm being a little bit lighter on this movie than than, than maybe you are is because I think there's a there's a lot of roots in this movie and in the concept. That are really uh, that are admirable, like some of the messages that this movie tries to send, are that they're good points. Like, you know, in these in there have been times in um, the real world where this kind of these kind of organizations and like government structures or whatever they they have done something like this. You know, big leader, you know, inspires everyone, point to that face, and every time these groups. Like, I don't know how we always manage to bring it back to Nazis when we talk about this, but they're the obvious ones. Not the only ones, but the obvious one, right? One of the things they really rely on is whoever is the enemy, um, the best plan is to dehumanize them. Well, that's for any conflict, I think. Yeah, but if you... Yeah, exactly. So if you wanted to... um, the whole, the whole, the whole idea of this movie is that really there was no, the, the utopia was not what this guy was searching for. He was searching for a way to control everyone. Yeah, and I think suppressing everyone's emotions is is sort of part of that because that's 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 what these if people these are less emotional, do, yeah. then they'll be less inclined to rise up against the government. You can yeah. basically do whatever you want, and more importantly, they'll be easier. It'll be easier to control and wipe out the people who don't take the serum. Yeah. Because... That'll be so obvious. Well, no, because um, the people that are with you will have no problem with hunting down and exterminating them. Yeah. And, you know, they draw a lot of power parallels. There's that one, how, like, I don't, dehumanizing... I, I just think that that's... It's just so blatantly obvious and so heavy-handed in yeah, the way it tries exactly. to convey that, that it sort of loses that message. But the spirit of it was good. That, like... Yeah, like, it, it's... I don't really get what the message that is trying to send is. Like, is, yeah. it, is it just like total, total, uh, totalitarianism? Like totalitarian governments are bad. Like, no, I think it's just sort of like a, um, yeah, I guess. But don't stand there. And, but you can't say that that's bad because what's the message for V for Vendetta? Uh, the government is bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any government is bad. Exactly. And that, I think we can both agree, is a really good movie. Yeah. With exactly the same types of messages. Um, and a Neo-type main character. Mm. I think that movie is probably just far better. Yeah. Executed, though. So, I think a really good question to ask is, but, but is I, why I is V for Vendetta better than this movie? Because it has relatable characters that are actually interesting to watch. Yeah, and I it's think this whole, just, this whole idea that it's, it's not completely ridiculous. The, the world that they construct is uh, more grounded or just easier to get yeah. yourself into than this movie. It's just executed better. Yeah. Um, I think Natalie Portman's character is a lot more enjoyable to watch. Mm, yeah. And is a far stronger character than Christian Bale's character is. Yeah. Although Christian um, Bale would be the... In this scenario, I guess. Not yeah, Portman. yeah. They they wouldn't have. There is no Natalie Portman equivalent in in this movie. I just yeah. think. I just think you can't praise a movie for its themes if it's not if it's not well. executed well. Yeah, I think so a, a I good theme is a really movie. great. A good theme like this is a really great way to start a movie. Yeah, it's a really great way to start working on a movie. I mean, 
Yeah. But you really need to make it follow through and make sense. Yeah. I think I, actually like, even the, the action my, was... my my biggest problem with the movie is the world building. Yeah. It's like that they didn't go far enough with the premise and they break the central premise of the movie so many times yeah. that is just incon- like it's too inconsistent. Yeah. I think the the thing that separates this movie and makes it less impactful in terms of its whole in terms of its themes um it's like anti um controlly government type thing is that in Beef Vendetta and in Hunger Games and in whatever um the villains and the people that work more importantly the guys that work for the villains are people that's why it's so impactful and that's why it can be related back to real world stuff is because you don't need it. The scary thing and the message in this, I guess the message that Beef Vendetta tries to send that we were talking about apart from just bad government is pay attention and make your own decisions. Sheeple. Because this is how, like, because this, this is how sheeple ruin everything. You know, like, because the guys behind the masks in V for Vendetta and the guys behind the mask in Hunger Games killing all those children. They're just people who have amazingly been convinced that this is okay somehow through some rational argument. Yeah. The reason that V for Vendetta and that those things are impactful and the reason that it sort of isn't in equilibrium is because in equilibrium, there's an excuse. It's like in equilibrium. Yeah, of course, regular people wouldn't do this. It's only because of this drug. You, the, the people go off the drug, they invariably become good again. Yeah. Um, and although the, the director is never on drugs, now everyone else is, and I think that's that loses it a bit. There's an excuse for that. Yeah. And the yeah, scary that's thing, a very very good point. The scary message that like movies like Vicky Vendetta are trying to send is that those guys are just humans like you and me. It turns out we have this really terrible thing flaw somehow that if you get presented a good enough argument and you and you and you spin it over uh, over and over again enough. A justification, you can make those regular people do terrible stuff. You don't need some weird necky injected drug to yeah. make them do that. Yeah. So I, I think that's probably for me why it didn't work as a movie because the whole the whole premise and the whole thing that we start talking about is not that all these not this bad people. It's just this drug. Yeah. And that's what we were talking about. Like how how does this work? Like yeah, the emotions just, and stuff. It just doesn't work properly yeah. like it, it's, it's supposed to be a world without emotion but yeah. there's so many occasions like when the um when christian bale unveils his plan and like the black guy he's like it's oh upset. i might the black guy is the evil guy yeah and he's really upset about it the the like i think the drug shifts the focus of the movie away from the messages that it's trying to send and just more onto this whole idea of like so what does this drug do exactly? How yeah. far does it... It just like, makes it obvious yeah. the the how thin the premise is. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so that's that's Equilibrium. We're um, going to talk about an equally dumb, but I think far better movie now. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about The Magnificent Seven. Wow, far better. That I is, think it was far better. That is tough. I enjoyed watching The Magnificent Seven so I, much I more than too. I enjoyed watching Equilibrium. I did too, but um, I'm a huge Western guy. And I think Western movies can be smart and good, especially some of the old ones. But and some of them, yeah, some most of the old ones and some of the new ones. But this movie was a getting drunk with the boys yeah. movie. It, it was, was big dumb shooty movie. Yeah, Magnificent Seven. Um Magnificent Seven is a sort of a, a tradition in in uh, the world of Westerns where this this movie it was originally uh, called Seven Samurai. Mm-hmm was translated into a western and then it was translated again and again and again and it had sequels and stuff so every now every generation or every decade we get a new magnificent seven reimagination whereas these seven guys come together to defend the the helpless town seven misfits against this big army of bad guys yeah um and uh it was a star-studded cast i didn't actually give a shit about the star started this Denzel Washington and Chris Denzel, Pratt. Yeah, I think one of the things that really upset me about this movie is that, um, okay, what? And, and again, it was it was fun if you're looking for just like raucous, cliched fun. Um, but uh, Chris Pratt 
and Denzel Washington both played themselves. Chris Platt, Chris Pratt played Chris Pratt. We all know who that is. It's the same character that he was in Jurassic Park. It's the same character that he was in Guardians of the Galaxy. He's this sort of like handsome, handsome, um, jokey, jokey action guy. Yeah, competent yeah. action guy. Yeah, he plays yeah, the, Han Solo. Yes, he Jones plays Han and... Solo. Yeah, exactly the same. And that's kind of takes away from which me. Which is pretty crazy to think how Chris Pratt has managed to evolve as an actor from. The community. fat idiot in um, oh, no, he's community. not a community um, in park. The fat Plus idiot in Parks and Rec who yeah. lives in a yeah. hole in the ground and a dumpster yeah. to Chris and Pratt, overweight, sexy man of mystery. Yeah, and you know what? Like I like, I really like Chris Pratt. I love, I Chris love Pratt. Guardians of the Galaxy. He's a gen- big- he seems like a really genuine yeah. guy. I bought the DVD for Guardians of the Galaxy. Got the soundtrack. Got the got the poster. I was a fan, but it's just like takes it away a little bit that he's just playing that guy. And Denzel Washington oh, I does think, the I same think, thing. I think more power to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for me, in terms of the movie, it, it sort of made it a little bit more boring, and I, I didn't care about his character as much because I just knew I mean, who did he you was. care about any of the characters though? Uh, yes, Except I cared for... so much about Vincent D'Onofrio's oh, character. Oh yeah, he was he he anchored the movie. This is the the two actors that um, I really that drew me to this weren't Denzel Washington, who played by the way played Denzel Washington. He was serious, all powerful, serious leader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, badass. Um, it Seriously, was e- who, who doesn't die at the end? Yeah, it was Ethan Hawke and uh, yeah, I really Vincent D'Onofrio. I think Ethan Hawke is a wonderful actor. Um, in my mind, he's just like lives right next door to Sam Rockwell. Yeah, and he's, it's one of those aren't like he's, he's not a big actor. action star, but he does a lot of really interesting. Both guys, smaller things, uh, have separated their careers because. Um, they don't base them on greed. That's like a big fucking like uh, uh, Navy Pamby sentence, I realize now. But um, <laughs> so Sam Rockwell and Ethan Hawke, they say no to movies that they don't think are interesting and they say yes to projects that they like, regardless of the paycheck. Yeah. Um, which is not I think the conventional I think way of doing I things. I think they both have done movies for money. But not... But not very re- very regularly. Yeah, they do do a lot of interesting side stuff as well. Yeah, um, they can do big popular movies just yeah. if they're into them. Yeah, um, Ethan Hawke really likes westerns, so he did this movie, right? Yeah, um, it wasn't even really about whether the movie thought the movie was good or not. He could ride he ride the horse and you know like wear the outfit a, like war hero sharpshooter. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, they were so good. And then the other one is Vincent D'Onofrio. I love Vincent uh, D'Onofrio. After, yeah, he was it. so good as Kingpin. And I'm so happy that that momentum's carrying him further. Yeah. Into, into, he into should be movies. in more stuff. He should be in everything. Yeah. He should be in everything. I even loved him in Jurassic Park. And oh, yeah. that movie was terrible. Oh, he was great in Jurassic Park. He was like World. waving his big gun around yeah. and just being all military. Oh, man. I loved him. Just, he's good. He has to be in the sequel. And guys, even if you hate this movie... You need to watch this movie just for Vincent, just for Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio. Vincent played- D'Onofrio plays a, plays a huge tracker, but his accent, his voice for the movie, is very high-pitched. It's like this. It sounds kind of like Bane from Batman <laughs> yep. uh, Dark Knight Returns. And he's just amazing. And his intro, like the first time you see him, these other two guys are running away from this mystery man and then one of them just gets tomahawked in the back yeah they're in like the recruitment phase where they're going around to, to get the magnificent seven all yeah, together yeah. and then Vincent D'Onofrio just slow walks like after this guy <laughs> he's like come here you, you come here they hit me with the rock yeah yeah it turns out they try to sneak up on him and hit him with a rock and kill him which they did they hit him with a rock and it did nothing and he comes with this with this head bleeding thing and he's really like Sort of like a puppy dog. He's really upset like <laughs> about being hit. It's, they hit me in the head. Come here, I'm going to rip out your, your spine now. <laughs> he just comes over and just... He's amazing. There's a scene where... I, I keep saying this over and over again when I shoot people in Destiny now, where... Where... Um, Vincent, they're having this big initial, like, shootout. Like, first time the band's together just to show how, bad, how baller they yeah, are. Yeah, they, like, roll into the town and there's, like, 30 people going and in. And they murdered like, 30 people. And uh, <laughs> Denzel Washington's all like, oh, yeah, I think you guys should leave now. Yeah, you're outnumbered. Oh, no, you're outnumbered, see? Yeah, and, then yeah. and then they just fuck him up. But Vincent D'Onofrio, like, tosses this dude out a window 
and then like comes down on him with like this is it an axe or a knife or something and then just like hacks away at the guy Tomahawk. yeah and then like stands back up and is like I'll pray for you <laughs> <laughs> he's so He's simultaneously so sweet and so vicious. Oh yeah, he's like just a big bear man. It's um, it's one of the greatest things I've seen this year. That that scene, not the movie at all. <laughs> just bits of I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. And you know what? Um, uh, what's it was it kind of it was kind of sad to me that both of them did a great job. Ethan Hawke, I thought his acting was just great. His acting. Oh, his acting was fine. It was just a bad script. Yeah, it was just a bad script. His character, he 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 like always played a character, like a real yeah. a real character. Ethan Hawke, there is no like stereotype with that. You know, Denzel Washington played Denzel Washington in this movie. Yeah. Ethan Hawke plays a different guy every time. Yeah. And in this one, I loved it how like he had this these like horrible teeth. He was a bit of like he was a coward. He was a bit of like a good old boy as well, you know, at the start, where he's like sitting there in like the, the gambling whorehouse, just like smoking it up and and sitting back. And I, yeah, I think he, he, he did a really great job with what he was given, which was almost sad because what, what he was given wasn't that great, you know? No. Nah. Yeah. So, it's the, like, like when, should we, do we, like when, did we explain no. the premise of well, the movie? No, I, I explained it briefly. You know, they get together to defend this. this yeah, yeah. Town. So basically, there's this like mining magnate yeah. guy who's just smarmy and evil because yeah. he enjoys that kind of He's thing. He's just I smarmy guess. and evil. There's no, there's no redeeming feature. And, and there's this like town out in the old west and discovered coal or gold or something there. And gold. this guy owns the mine and he's trying to take over. The town. He's taken their land. He's taken their land. Yeah. And he's not afraid to hire 200 soldiers or 300, like, hired guns to just kill people for no reason. They're Pinkertons, I think. I mean, there's some form of Pinkerton. I don't think uh, they're called that. It's some company. But um, in in the real world, yeah, they're Pinkertons. Yeah. Which are just these fairly tough hired gun type people. Yeah. So, he hires a bunch of mercenaries. And tries to take over this town. Yeah. He's and so like guy gets murdered and his wife's like, Oh, we need to defend the town, we're gonna so go. She find- goes recruit these seven yeah. rascals. Yeah. The magnificent seven to yeah. defend the town. And guess what? They fucking defend and the town. And they defend the town. And some of them die. And some of them die. That's the movie. There's an Asian sharpshooter guy. No, the 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 Ethan Hawks the sharpshooter, uh, the Asian guy's the assassin who throws knives. Um, yeah, but he's like a gunfighter as well. Yeah, and there's um, a uh, there's the Native American guy who, who just shows up and helps them just because, and he fights the other bad Native American. Yep, there's some stellar, terrible, e- evil, bad Native American. Yeah, if you're gonna um, do, if you're gonna not do anything, if you're writing a western, don't make the one good Indian guy have a showdown with the one bad Indian guy. And if you do, by some stupid decision, don't make it. Happened in three seconds with as like a side story uh, thing yeah, where this is yeah. basically the first time we've seen them meet. Yeah. They haven't spoken. Yeah, they haven't ever spoken. The bad Indian guy has been shown like once. Now Just don't do that. There's I also wanna... there's also Denzel Washington's guy who's like a he's a he's, he's the a bounty black hunter, man, but he's a bounty and hunter. he's got a vested interest in this whole thing. Turns out they're paying him. Turn, no, well, turns out the he has history with the mining magnate. Yeah. And then there's Chris Pratt's character, who's like the gambler, with a heart of gold, the smooth, smooth talky. Mm-hmm. He um, may look bad, but his his heart's in the right place. Yep. Um, We've never seen that before from him. And then uh, is that everybody? No, there's the um, there's the Mexican outlaw. Oh, yeah. There's Mexican outlaw who's way cooler in the previous remakes hmm. because he is. The outlaw, and that in, in, basically, I just find him hiding out, and he just has nothing to say. But in the original one, he represents the—he's like the you know the worst of them. He's like helping them, but he is a proper outlaw guy. They're all kind of criminals, but he, yeah, he he like kills people and rubs trains and you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. The thing I really didn't like about this is it turns out they were all just super sh- good at shooting. That's pretty much all they did. And in some of the other reincarnations of this, it's more about the fact that they complete each other. Whereas they were all kind of the same person in this movie. Yeah. You know, like Vincent D'Onofrio's character, he's great, but he's not meant to be like really great at shooting at all. He's a tracker and he's like... Can set traps. With animals and, and stuff like yeah. that. 
And the Asian guy, he really doesn't shoot shit in the other movies. He's only like, he's like silent, you know, running around like throwing knives and, and stabbing people and stuff. Ethan Hawke's character is the only one. He's like, the, the, he is kind of, um, his pros are sort of shown in this movie where like there's this time where he like, and in, in this working, in this quarry where he like kills just everyone and he's so far away that no one even knows what's happening. Uh, I wonder why he didn't just do that in their final conflict. I think that might be sort of a plot hole, but anyway, we'll move on from that one. Um, and the that not, wouldn't have made a very good movie. And the gambler sad. guy, he's meant to be okay at shooting, but his main thing is like tricking people and, and shit. And Bounty Hunter, he's meant to be okay at shooting, but pretty much just the leader. Yeah. And he's really great at riding a horse. That's not nearly in this movie, but it's in the it, others. No, it shows. Oh, he kind of is. He rides like, through the, cool yeah. horse. But they were all too merged together. Yeah. Until and they and unfortunately, the thing that really killed the outlaw character is that one of the things that they were more merged together on is they were all amazingly fucking great at shooting. Yeah. And the whole thing with the outlaw guys, he is meant to be like the last word guy. You know, he has the two six shooters, and he like is like he like can draw really quick, and he he is just the one who's meant to be just crazy good at shooting. Yeah. You know. But he was just like he was crazy Mex- good at shooting. Token Mexican, but guy. they were all crazy good at shooting. Oh, and the Native American guy is meant to be the he's the archer, bow and arrow, yeah, dude, yeah, who eats like hearts for some reason. Yeah, because why not? Yeah. I had originally come in ready to throw all these amazing westerns at you to watch instead, but I really don't even think I need to. I was thinking about what are what qualifies as a better western than this movie. And I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna say start off with the lower ones. What should you watch if you want to watch a western movie and you, and you want to watch it? This isn't what, this isn't even really like it's, it's much not, of a western. Yeah, that's it's what I'm just gonna say. Kind of it's a, not a western. It's an action movie. It's just kind of an action movie. Look, westerns have shooting in them, but westerns are very very slow for a lot of them. There's a lot of talking with really serious men who are hard to understand. There's a lot, a lot of talking. There's a lot of, like, moral debates going on. The bad guy is almost always got some sort of redeeming good feature, right? There's meant to be hardship. There's a lot of, like, drinking your horses, like, killing out after killing your horse to get through this desert area. Yeah. There's so much more, like, almost 70%, I would say, of a Western is the traveling between places because it took a while. The campfire talks and shit, getting attacked on the way. All the traveling just happened instantaneously in this movie. Yeah, it that it was mainly just dumb shooty stuff. I would say, you know what? If you want, here's a list of movies in ascending order of greatness that you should watch. If you if you're going to go out and see Magnificent Seven right now, I want you to stop. Don't do that. Let's start off with um, you could watch Shanghai Noon. Shit, that's a better Western movie than this movie, <laughs> and that's a Jackie Chan comedy with Owen Wilson. That's a great Western movie. There's a there's a there's a standoff with guns. There's complex motives with the char- with like the characters. Um, there's <laughs> there's like the redemption of like the gambling character. There's traveling. There's wanted posters. There's like having a good time. There's like showering out in the wilderness. There's shooting cans. It's all happening in this movie. <laughs> yeah. There's which- jumping off a roof onto a horse. You know, all the classic shit. <laughs> all the stuff you need. Yeah. Especially jumping off the roof yeah. onto a horse. Yeah, the thing about this... A fight on a train? The thing about this movie... Oh, I would have loved to fight on a train. Yeah. This but the thing about this movie is the villain was just so paper thin. Exactly. And you, like... The only reason you kind of don't like him is because he, he does, like, yeah. a couple of really bad things. Like, you don't get to really He just seems like a total, uh, total shit. <laughs> yeah, he just seems like a total dickhead who's yeah. just super greedy and boring. Yeah. So, if you don't want to watch a Jackie Chan comedy western, but, but, but trust me, mate... You do. I don't care who you are. <laughs> watch you want to watch Shanghai Noon? It's fucking great. That being said, I did. I did really enjoy it, watching yeah, this movie. Shanghai Noon's great. If you don't want that, if you want, you're looking for a more complicated villain, and uh, you're on Netflix, which most of you guys are. Mm. Uh, Three Ten to Yuma is on Netflix. That's a great western. I think it's a great western. Yeah, it's like one of your favorite movies. It's one of my favorite movies. Not not one it, of my favorite it, movies, yeah, but it's a great. I think it's a great western and. It's got the talking, it's got the campfire things, and the, the traveling is almost the, the main 
the road is almost the main villain of that movie because they all start dying on the way to get there. Yeah. It's it's not about... It's never about the destination in Westerns. It's about, like, they're trying to get somewhere, but it's going to take a really long time... Most of the movie to get there. Yeah, whereas this movie was entirely the it's destination. The destination, yeah. That's a really great movie. Uh, Russell Crowe's villain is by no means just straight-up evil. Um, that's really great. True Grit, both reincarnations of that movie are really good. Um, I don't know. There's a lot. There's a whole lot of options. Watch Shanghai Noon, man. It's so good. It is actually so good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's Magnificent Seven. I'd say. I mean, I'd say give it a miss and then watch it with the guys after a foot, football. When it's on Netflix or something. We're gonna leave it there. Yeah. Uh, for the podcast, only um, only two things in Survivor Watch, but uh, I don't know. We want us to talk at length about them. Neither of them, really, neither movie was like the best movie ever. And I think that's when we actually talk for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, as always, rate, review us on iTunes. Uh, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash Peter, SoundCloud, Instagram, all that garbage. Yep. Um, but we're going to finish off... Well, actually, no, first, we're going to do our homework episode. Homework episode. Homework movie <laughs> for next episode. Jesus Christ, I'm tired. I've had, yeah. a, I've had a, side, a pear cider and I've gone sleepy. Isn't that sleepy <laughs> better do the time? <laughs> um, so, yeah, homework movie for this week. What are we thinking? Um, I reckon we should watch Creed. Fucking into it. Into it. In Creed is on Netflix now. Yep. And it's a... It's one of the Rocky Balboa movies. It's like Rocky 6. Yep. Something like that. Um, but it's a rock. It's a Sylvester Stallone Rocky. Yeah. So, so guys, it's actually good. The, 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 like, you almost need a roadmap with watching Rockies because um, some of them are absolute garbage um, and some of them are actually really great and it's not like the first ones are good and the last ones are bad. With, with Rocky... Um, there have been times where Sylvester Stallone has directed or produced or been involved in both of those things. And invariably those movies... Apart were, from just acting in them. Yeah. Those movies are really great. So those movies are Rocky 1. Uh, I think Rocky 2. Rocky Balboa, which is Rocky 5. It's called Rocky Balboa. It's when he's old. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this one, Creed. You skip the rest. Rocky, so, Rocky Four is pretty much just like was propaganda for the for the Vietnam War, and uh, the third one that was Mr. T. So none of them are really really great. In Rocky Four, he literally goes over to Russia to fight this big Russian guy, and once he wins, all the Russians are like are like Viva la America. Turns out we were wrong. So that one's pretty weird, but neither, that, of they, neither of them are Sylvester Stallone movies. So yeah, it's important to remember that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's going to be our homework movie. Um, but we're going to actually finish off by announcing a special fun time announcement. I'm so happy. First we can announcement announce this to you guys. First announcement, incredibly exciting. There's not going to be an episode for two weeks <laughs> <laughs> because uh, Sam has uni work and exams. Yes. So we're going to take a bit of a hiatus, and then we'll be back with. Um, some awesome shit. Our guys. final proper episode for this year. Before the month of December. Before the month of December. And then we are going to do something special for December. Yeah, Christmas. Um, end Christmas of year, Chris, a bunch of Christmas episodes. Yeah. So we're going to do four year in review podcasts. Yeah. Not um, year in review, which is what I heard. And we're not going to be looking at each other's... in review. We're not going to be looking at each other's pee and seeing which one's the right color. Seeing who's more hydrated than the other. Yep. Um, yep. If it's yellow, guys, you need to... Drink more water. And if it's green, well, you're doing something wrong. If it's black, you've, you're either dead yeah. or you've just drunk um, some Guinness, because that can happen. Really? Mm-hmm. Anyway, we digress. <laughs> um, so, we're going to do, do four um, special yeah. episodes, one each week, focusing on one of our topics that we like to talk about. Yeah. Leave it in the um, comments if you want me to do a 10-minute uh, aside where I do a year in review, because I'm fine to do that. Please don't do that. <laughs> Please don't let that happen. <laughs> um, so the first one we're going to do is something that we don't ever really talk about, which is music. And it's also going to be historic because it's the first time I'm not going to be on it. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to have some fun special guests. All of the podcasts are going to have special guests. We're going to do one, which is yep. uh, reviewing the year in music. Tis so we're going to be talking about um, like albums of the year, favorite songs of the year, like early hottest one, Triple J Hottest 100 votes. Yep. That sort of thing. 
like overrated albums of the year, that sort of thing. Concerts when either, either of us went to. Yeah. By that, I mean concerts Peter went to. <laughs> well, you won't even be on it, so you have nothing to... Yeah, you won't even be able to contribute. Yep. Um, yeah, music, and we're going to do one on TV shows, one on video games, and one on movies. Yeah, we're so all going to have... if there's anything have... that came out this year, the, yeah. with all of them we're going to try and come up with a beer with Sam and Peter, yep. mo- uh, like album of the year, TV show of the year... Yep. Um, movie of the year video game now here's the important thing for movies and television and games if we can afford it Uh, and for Peter music here's your opportunity right here if you want to comment and let us know about anything that you've seen this year movie game TV whatever that you think we might have missed yeah that you think we might have missed we haven't covered everything Uh, pretty much especially with movies anything this year that we watched that came out this year in cinemas we've told you about yeah. For the most part. So if there's a movie that we haven't talked about that came out this year that you think we need to see before we decide what was the best movie of the year or whatever. Yeah. If there's anything you think we should catch up on before yeah. we record these the, podcasts. This is your time to so This is an around. opportunity to really champion something you really enjoyed this year. Yeah. If you let us know what, if it's still in cinemas or on Netflix or whatever, and you let us know, we'll watch it. We'll find a way of watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's it's it's gonna be really cool. Yeah, guys. I'm really excited. It's gonna be yeah. it's gonna be good fun, and we're gonna have a new guest every time. Apart from the final episode, we're gonna our drink, favorite Christmas drink special beverages yep. each time. Oh yeah, We've I'm even thinking of some Christmas uh, type instruments that we might hand out to people to just really fuck up the recordings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, record our own Christmas jam. Tis the season. Tis the season. Yeah. Yes. Yes, indeed. 